We must be careful of our hearts to protect them and guard the mind. When we fall into like and dislike, aversion and attraction, then our minds become colored. It's as if we have a glass of clear water and when we put in various colors to that water, green, yellow, crimson, or any other sort of dye, the water, clear at first, takes on the attributes of the color we've put into it and becomes tainted by that color. And this is similar to what happens in our minds as they encounter various sense impressions throughout the day, they become colored by them. When the kilesa arise in the heart, they color the chitta as well. Delusion, attraction, aversion. And the Buddha's path and teaching were aimed at cultivating a clarity and purity in the heart and taking the mind back to a state of clear, untainted, uh, just as if we've taken out the dye and the color from the water. The path is not complicated. We work to let go of the unwholesome that's been arisen, or that's arisen, and we work to keep future unwholesome states from arising. We try to strengthen what wholesome states have come up in the mind and to keep or bring up more unarisen wholesome states as well. And these are the four right efforts which compose the foundation of our practice and work over time to clean the heart. In the Awada Padimoka, the Buddha's exposition on the heart of his teaching, the first line says that one should give up all evil, sabe papasa akaranang, the not doing of any evil. And this includes and begins with our action of the body and action of speech to give up and refrain from unwholesome modes of bodily action and verbal action. We refrain from lying, from speaking harshly, from speaking divisively, from frivolous chatter. And we understand that if we engaged in such unwholesome or unskillful verbal action, we would enter into states of restlessness and confusion, both internally and externally. We would get into trouble and not be able to find peace.
So the practice is for the sake of cultivating quietude and also lightness. The five khandas or aggregates of clinging, namely the body, senses, um, or the body, feeling, consciousness, uh, intention or uh, formations, and uh, these khandas are the heavy burden each of us carry. They cause us to suffer, and they're already heavy enough, just the five that we have ourselves, to take on more, to accumulate more khandas or more responsibilities. Uh, you know, in this example, the khandas of other people, their various worries and things and confusions, this is unnecessary. And we should rest content to look after as best we can what, we're, what we have in terms of our own aggregates of clinging, to not take on unnecessary burdens. The five khandas pass away. They are destined to fade and decay. And we must ask ourselves if we are prepared to let go of them. Are we prepared to die? Preparation in the life of each of us means the practice of this path of cultivating mindfulness, sati, and samadhi, lucid calm. And if we fail to discipline ourselves in these ways along the lines of this practice, then we will not be ready when we encounter death. So we want to recollect frequently this fact of our mortality, of the fact that we will all die, each of us, in order to keep ourselves from growing careless and to maintain a level of effort and motivation in our formal practice. We can think, if we are 50 years old, we may only have 30 years left, even if we live to the ripe age of 80. If we are younger, 40 years, say, and we still expect to live to 80, we only have 40 more years available to us. We should reflect frequently on the nearness of death and on its inevitable approach. All of us have to leave this world. It is swept away. We can see the arising and falling of all these external conditions in the world very clearly, not just around us, but also in history itself. We see how civilizations rise and fall, how things around us are coming and going, but also how in the long arc of history, great 
civilizations have come and gone. In the Buddha's time, this was apparent as well. Many cities and towns that the Buddha lived in and near, like Kapilavatu or Jetavana, were large and prosperous, and now they are gone. This is anicca, inconstancy, and an important thing to reflect on. However, while these external conditions do shift, Longpur Cha taught us that the Buddha is still here. When we see the Dhamma, when we see his teaching, then even though the body of the Buddha is gone, we still see the Buddha. When we see the Dhamma, we see the Buddha. It's the pure heart. So we must practice in order to quiet the heart, to calm the mind. We practice until we see this Buddha. We don't forget that he taught us to recollect death frequently, every day, many times, and to ask ourselves how long we may have left. It may be 30 years, but it may be much less. Thinking of our age, we might reflect that if we're 50, this is an age when, for many, serious illness can begin. Even in our relative youth at uh, 20 or 30, many people encounter illness and die prematurely. We don't know how much longer we have left. And this recollection was so essential that the Buddha made it the substance of his final exhortation of the monks, the Pachima Owada. He exhorted them to not be careless, to recollect that all conditioned phenomena are inconstant and therefore that they should apply effort and be diligent. So these five khandas are heavy enough. We don't need to add any more, but we do need to understand them. We need to find a way to bring the citta to purity, to understand how it becomes dyed with various impressions and defilement, just as water becomes dyed with various colors of yellow, green, or crimson. And we see that the khandas and nama, rupa, name and form, are all anicca, inconstant, anatta, not-self, and dukkha, or suffering. As we chant every morning, Sabe Sankara Anicha, Sabe Sankara Dukkha, Sabe Dhamma Anatta Ti. All conditioned phenomena are inconstant. All conditioned phenomena are suffering. All Dhamma is all Dhammas are not self. Throughout the day, we engage in our various activities. 
we go about our duties and the mind becomes tired. This is where the formal practice is essential. It provides the opportunity for us to rest our chitta, our mind, and grow calm and refreshed. The Buddha exhorted us to not be careless, to observe the heart regularly throughout the day, to make it good and better, and to not let the mind grow lazy and fall into suffering. So I hope all of you continue to follow and cultivate the Buddha's path as best you're able through its aggregates of sila, samadhi, and panya, morality, concentration, and wisdom, to quiet the mind and the heart. And this is the path to Nibbana. So may you all develop in the practice.